buddy? What's going on with my podcast? I'm going to tell you this one more time. I want this podcast so bad. I want it to be so good. Now, you, you call me more often than not. Not sure what day of the week we're recording. Ted, we're recording fucking Friday the fucking 10th. I'm just telling you, Ryan, my observations, and I'm worried about you. I know, Ted, but it's not. I think it's more me being more uh, flamboyantly, extravagantly, uh, I don't know. Maybe this podcast is that fucked up. I'm not thinking it is. Maybe that's worse. So Ryan, are you gonna get are you gonna get settled into a to a workflow up there like we talked about, like having an outline for the show, getting guests, and like you know? What, what here? Yeah, remember we talked about you kind of need to get some sort of organization, like where you know what we're gonna talk about on the show. I am good. I'm good. I got my microphone, my notes, my laptop, my Instagram bookmarks. Dude, you got this, this. Is your big podcast? This is it. Okay. 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 All right. No problem. Only podcasting, just podcasting. Okay, that's it. That's all. So far, I heard, I heard, I got the last entry for the funeral fire and all that shit. So that I'm so psyched. You know what the last entry for the pyre means, don't you? I do. That's the credits. Yo, what's up, skaters? Welcome back to Vent City, a place to talk about skateboarding and all of its bullshit. I'm your host, Ryan Lay, and I'm here with Kristen Ebling, co-founder of the Skate Witches and executive director of the nonprofit Skate Like a Girl, Ted Schmitz, busser, valet, skate humorist, and Ted Barrow, curator, historian, and everyone's favorite Instagram critic, at feedback underscore TS. How you guys doing? Great. Excellent. How are you, Ryan? (laughs) (laughs) Happy to be here. Great. Good you having a rough one, Ted? Wow. Cool. All right, let's do uh, let's do some housekeeping. Uh, Kristen, we have got Wheels of Fortune coming up in Seattle. You want to tell us all about that? Thanks for the reminder. I didn't have a panic t- attack yet today, so thank you um, <laughs> for getting me back in there. Yeah, the most stressful time of my year uh, is upon us. Uh, Wheels of Fortune 10, May 3rd through 5th. I'm so excited. Uh, you say 10? Yeah, 10th annual. Damn. Yeah, dude, I can skate the Golden Girls division now, which is our 30 and up division. I'm so for the people, people out there, for people out there who don't know what Wheels of Fortune is, can you give us a quick uh, little breakdown? Yeah, quick little breakdown. All right, check it out. Starts on Friday. <laughs> okay, May 3rd. So yeah, uh, Wheels of Fortune is a weekend long celebration of women and trans skaters from around the world. It started when I was 19, just as a response to the fact that there really weren't any events for our community at that time. And if there were, they were just sort of afterthoughts or offshoots of an existing event. Um, You know, and more often than not, we were skating at nine in the morning and the prize purse was like maybe a thousand dollars. So anyways, we just didn't really have a whole lot to lose by kind of starting our own thing. There really wasn't a whole lot going on. you know, fast forward to now, there's just so many contests, so many events, so many opportunities, um, which is amazing. Um, and so, yeah, the landscape has totally changed. Most pros that I talk to um, 
tell me that there's just way too many contests and <laughs> there's like so much going on, um, which is amazing. Um, and so you may wonder why an event just like this grassroots random event in Seattle matters. And I would say it matters because we still have a desire as a community to come together. And most of us had have, have had experiences where we felt othered or not included. So Wheels of Fortune is just one time of the year that we can all come together and have those feelings of um, community and love. Uh, yeah, we have a, like a welcome party. We also do what's called coffee and conversations, which is kind of like a casual non-skate meetup for, you know, industry leaders, skaters, uh, people that want to start a skate, like a girl chapter or like a organization similar or whatever, kind of all meet up and, and chat and hang out. And we have like a welcome party, which is like DJs and food and we're just hanging out and playing videos and all that. Um, Saturday is the witch hunt most of the day. That evening, we have a skate jam for queer and trans folks. And then that evening, we're doing like punk rock karaoke and a photo show at our local skate shop, 35th. And Sunday is the contest day, which is kind of the main event. Um, in the last couple of years, everyone's been hella bored in the parking lot sitting around. And, and uh, so this year, my goal is to turn the outside of the skate contest um, in the parking lot area, like kind of like a mini carnival. So... Um, Sneak peek for this year, I found, like, I was trying to get a mechanical bull because I thought that would be really funny to have in the parking lot. <laughs> but I found uh, something better, which is, like, a mechanical skateboard <laughs> that works exactly like a mechanical bull. And it has this, like, blow-up area around it that's, uh, like, a half pipe. So I just thought that would be hilarious. <laughs> so it's like a mechanical it, bull that you stand on. <laughs> right. You stand on it? You can't uh, like you don't sit on it like with like because on a mechanical bull your your legs aren't either side of it right like like normal bull riding or whatever, <laughs> which is incidentally how I actually skate. <laughs> I don't know how to fucking whatever. Uh, so so on on the mechanical yeah, skateboard yeah, no, no, though you, you, ride you straddle it. a really tall skateboard. That's though. what I was like. <laughs> <laughs> More often than not, that's how I've been skating. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's oh, yeah. it's just a skateboard deck, but it's the base of a mechanical bull. <laughs> but it's just That's a skate gnarly. deck that you stand on. Yeah, so we'll no, that see how that really goes. Wait, like 30, the, the 32 inches long one? Or I have no... I My brain cannot be... It kind of almost sounds like Top Skater, uh, that game that they have at Peter Piper Pizza. Yeah, but it kicks you off. <laughs> or like, right, or like the riding the subway, not holding on to anything. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. probably it's what show, it's show like. Time. Eating shit. Yeah. Um, also new for this year, we're having the world's first uh, fingerboarding competition for uh, women and trans fingerboarders from around the world. So nice. excited about oh, that no too. Way. Yeah. Uh, I, I I once knew a pro fingerboarder. Um, at, at Woodward, why am I just interjecting this fucking story? It's not interesting. I knew somebody who, <laughs> no, did, who was good at that one time. Uh, you know who fucking rips at fingerboarding? It, uh, Marby Princess is fucking really good at fingerboarding. Yeah, confirmed. Seen it at dinner. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. I, yeah. Uh, Una's you know hella good she'll too. She'll be there. And or? Angie. Oh really? I sure hope so. Yeah, I gotta reach out to to folks that need help getting out to Wheels of Fortune. If you're listening to this and you need help, DM me at and a whammy bar. That's one M because I can't spell. Okay, and then so are boys invited or boys not invited? Uh, boy skaters can be there, um, but just know that this event isn't for you. So you're a guest in our. 
Okay. On our world. But yeah, we would love boy skaters. We also, I'm trying to get a dunk tank. So if you want to get dunked in the dunk tank, I feel like that'd be a great way for an ally to be involved. Boys um, get dunked. Yeah. Ryan, come and get dunked. I'm down. Sick. I'll be there. Cool. I actually was ho- hoping to, to, to make it out there. So maybe we can, uh, Ted official, and I both can come. This is your official invite. Oh, we're also going to do a, um, a men's allyship like meeting or whatever. Uh, my friend Terrence is doing it. I have nothing to do with it, but he's coordinating it as part of the weekend. So you can come it, be like, a part of uh, that too. Like, like educating on how to, how to be a good ally or how to organize like, uh, the, um, the first part. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How to yeah. be a better ally and just, I feel like there's a lot of guys that want to not blow it, but they don't know how. And then, yeah. but then there's also oh, yeah. like women that are kind of getting exhausted explaining it over and over again. And so it's a way for like men to talk to other men about how to be better allies, which um, ultimately and, and kind of unfortunately, like we just listen to men better. You know, it's one thing if I were to explain it all, but like if another guy tells you, I feel like it's going to be heard at least in a different way and most likely a yep. more serious way. So. Yeah. <clears throat> Jumping back, I met Una this weekend. Or no, I didn't meet Una. I was too scared. I met <laughs> Wait, Brianna. Categories meet. <laughs> Describe it. Describe meeting Brianna Gearing? Well, I mean, what do you mean by meeting? Did you mean, didn't you tell me that you ran after her? <laughs> <laughs> I did. No, I ran up to her. That's not really and, meeting someone. And then, and, then, and then later I ran away from her. And she, I don't think she saw me. Have you but, met a lot of people like that? <laughs> Dude, I am like, Holy I shit. am going on year 20 of Dude. fucking this whole thing up when I meet people I've <laughs> seen is, skate before. This is fucked up, Ted. There's like 42 people listening to this yeah. right now. Yeah, so... I, I mean, w- dude, one time I met Chris Haslam and and he was like, hey, man, I'm Chris. And I was like, I know who you are. I'm not going to act like I don't. I don't yeah. know why I said that. <laughs> and so that's, that, uh, when that's I met, an internal thing to, to keep in your head. Yeah, no, it, I'm all external. Like, so uh, like literally Ryan tells me right when he gets there at this is at Phoenix Am this last weekend here. And Ryan Lay and I went in together immediately separated and he goes, I'm over by the food carts. And I'm like, all right, let me go find the food carts. And it takes me like 20 or 30 minutes. I'm there's multiple carts. And but he tells me that he's with Brianna Gearing. And I'm like, cool. Like, I don't care. Like, good skater. <laughs> what what's it to me? But then also the other part of my head is going, like, I need to get the fuck over there this second. This one <laughs> second. I need to be over there. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm by the food carts. Where the fuck are you? Like, not keeping my cool at all. And I finally like get up to them and I see them and like, I'm like, what's up, Brian? And he introduced me. He says, hey, this is my friend Brianna. And I go, I'm just like a huge fan. You do oh, dude, everything that right. That was great. Full rosy cheeks and all. <laughs> and, uh, and, then, uh, and then I go, hey, you can help me with this. Do you know Lil Tubsy's real name? <laughs> <laughs> so I fucking nailed the whole interaction. Yeah, dude, that's that's a fucking W right there. That's amazing. Yeah, God, you know she probably won't forget it, Ted. Uh, yeah. So did she know Lil Tubsy's real name? Una Ferrar. Yeah, yeah she told me right off Sick. the bat. Uh, I know now because I I had to write her name in a little Cowtown write-up. Um, also, plug, you can read a write-up of the uh, weekend's events at Phoenix Am. <laughs> Three weeks after Phoenix Am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This will come out a bit after. Can I get a, the Cliff Notes version? Like, what happened? 
<laughs> Basically, it was this dude from Brazil, Gustav, something. I'm, I'm going to pull this. I have no fuck. I cannot remember his name. I typed it up three days ago. But actually an incredible run, too. We watched it live. Yeah, an, an amazing skater, whatever. And uh, he did like a half cab to nose grind down the hubba. And then just after that, he did a fakey, like he did a frontside half cab to to like a backside 5-0. Yep. Um, Wait. And I, yeah, so yeah. it's like a fakey, fr- it's like a fakey to switch front board, but you go all the way around to back 5-0. Mm-hmm. Giovanni Viana is his Giovanni, name. not Gustav. I don't know, but he, check it out. It's he hard to write about front, He did half cab front nose too down the rail, which was really impressive. Oh, and yeah. half cab front nose grind down what, the hub. What was that, Kristen? It's hard to write about contests. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's also hard to like respond to someone yeah, yeah, expressing sympathy with how hard it is to write about contests. Apparently. <laughs> 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 Y- y'all ever had to have a conversation before? This shit's hard. <laughs> yeah, Ted, why the fuck are you on this podcast? I have wormed my way into so many weird situations. I don't belong here. All right, moving on, moving on. Um, okay, so Pushing Borders is coming up in August in Malmo this year, and this is going to be the second academic skate conference. I think that's what they call it. Uh, Ted, you went last year. Yeah, I, I'm going this year, it, too. Uh, yeah. Ted Barrow. Uh, so you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, it was pretty amazing. Um, so <clears throat> I, it, you know, there are numerous skateboarders like me that have pursued academic careers at this point, you know, and um, these were... Skateboarding's student- growing up. I'm sorry? I said skateboarding's growing up. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's inevitable. And the sort of... I remember I was talking to my friends uh, about, like, the panel that I was hosting, which is about writing about skateboarding. And he's like, Oh, that's easy. You don't write about skateboarding. And I was like, well, yeah, but like we all grew up reading skate magazines and reading everything about skateboarding. So obviously people do, but it was students of Ian Borden who wrote skateboarding in the city, kind of now like the sort of like canonical book about skateboarding, which sort of combines it with like Lefebvrean theory. And each panel had like a different topic and sort of like, focus and group of skaters and it was awesome it like at first i kind of didn't take it seriously but now it's it's completely changed the way that i think about skateboarding you didn't take it seriously before you went or yeah i was kind of like i was like yeah whatever like i've been to plenty of academic conferences and i'm a lifelong skateboarder (laughs) and i was like this is like a neat idea but like we'll see what happens but it was the cool best fucking conference i have ever been to no the shit. most like intellectually stimulating one. And I enjoyed it so much that I broke my fucking arm on the second day of the conference skating with no, my that's panelists. A, that's a skate conference right there. For yeah, you. it's a skate conference. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not a real academic conference unless someone ends up in the hospital and that one, someone was me. But no, it was amazing. I'm looking forward and to it. And so what does the format look like for that? And what, are, what kind of panels do they have? So I was the, I chaired a panel on writing about skateboarding. And so it's basically each, you know, each panel has a topic and the, the moderator or the chair um, sort of has researched each person and knows them and kind of like st- generates a conversation around that. Uh, Jeline had a, had a panel, her heavy discussion thing about like, you know, being a female in skateboarding and professional skateboarding as a woman. There was a really interesting one with Carl Watson and Neftali about like being a black man and a professional skateboarder. 
that generated a lot of controversy, weirdly enough. Like the crowd kind of pushed back hard on that one. Um, yeah, it was really cool. Wait, say more. Wait, say more about what? About the controversy. Um, okay, so one of the first things, this was kind of interesting, and I'm actually like, I'd love to ask you all this. Um, so one of the things Carl Watson said, I mean, you know, he, he was like, I try to like, maintain a positive attitude about everything you know like and he he came out of this context where like his parents were like black panthers in oakland in the 60s and back in the early 90s he was always like embarcadero was a very intimidating scene and he was always one of the like kind of friendliest ambassadors and so he's like you know i even tell like my brothers and sisters like like slavery is terrible but if it weren't for slavery we wouldn't be here right which is a pretty like that's a very, very po optimistic thing to say and something that not everyone would agree with, sure. right? But what he's saying is like, you know, we have to sort of look at these like extremely malignant negative circumstances that brought us here and appreciate why we're, that we're here. And, um, and someone immediately like shot their hand up and was like, well, what about like blah, blah, like this history of slavery and how it's like still entrenched in the system of thing. And... And it just sort of shows that like a lot of skateboarders, even ones we admire, aren't fully equipped to sort of talk about things in an academic context. I mean, I kind of like felt very, I felt the need to sort of defend Carl, but at the same time, like I can understand how like that offensive could, or that statement that he said could be almost incendiary. So that was like one thing. And then, um, and he, okay, so here's the other thing. So this, uh, this woman like raised her hand a little further in and she was like, how come you don't have any sisters or like any non-male skaters on this panel? Like it was just Neftali and Carl. And part of the reason was, is that Neftali was focusing on being a professional skateboarder in the nineties and being African American. And there were not a lot of like uh, female skateboarders of color that he could have drawn from, from the nineties. And so, but she raised a very, very valid point. However, she pushed off on a longboard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just like, oh no, because I, I was just like, if, I, I heard her point. I was like, that's, that's totally valid. But then at the same time, it's like, I have this total aversion and prejudice that's like ingrained and is probably just as toxic as every other stupid like skate shit that I've kind of in, internalized where I'm just like, oh, well, if you're a longboard, you, you don't even belong in this conference. Describe is, the longboard. Like, how long did it have the drop-down <laughs> trucks? Because I feel like I, <laughs> I have some pretty liberal uh, ideas about, you know, who can be a, a skater, skater. No, I know. I've, it just seemed like it was definitely not the sort of board that, like, someone who skated would ride. It's not a cruiser. Not a cruiser. Not a zip zinger. This was full drop-down deck. Not a boost. Not a drop-down. Did it flex? It, it, it looked like it, it had some, yeah, it seemed, it seemed like it might have flexed. Did it have a bamboo core? <laughs> and again, like, her, Wait, her gloves with the pucks or no? <laughs> her point was, her point was super, her point was totally valid, you know? Like, I, I, I totally fuck with where she's coming from, but like, I just yep. was like, at the end of it, I was like, oh, wait a second. I, I, t I totally took her seriously and she's riding a longboard. Fuck that. So, um, point was valid, skateboard, not valid. Yeah. And that, that I think is the kind of like the interesting like paradox of that conference is that like in many ways, the people who spend the most time thinking the most about skateboarding are the people who are skating the least. Like us. Like us. <laughs> <laughs> and, I skated and, today. That's Just sick. Just saying. Damn. I skated the last two days, but, um, but yeah, 
no, I don't know. I, so it's it's a, an, a rad conference. And I can't wait for the next one. Like, you know, I'm just saying that like it's a very interesting thing because it's some it's one of the w- first conferences I've been to, and I've been to plenty in my own field. Uh, it's the first one that I've been to where not only was it packed and people were enthusiastic, but it was like very, it could be very contentious at times. And the conversations truly and genuinely spun out of the, that conference and filled pretty much like the conversations I've been having for the rest of the year. You know, like I've been thinking about things that were introduced in that conference that I still think about today, which is a good conference to me. And you write 3000 words on daily. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think don't word shame me. (laughs) I think there's something really interesting about taking, because I mean, there were a few examples of this, right? Because Alyssa was there as well and taking pro skateboarders who aren't well-versed in the academic world and kind of plopping them into a formal academic conference. And then you have this kind of maybe siloed type of thinking that happens in a uh, academic conference and you're expecting, I don't know, like a certain type of, of response and then not getting it. And then it's what we're pushing back on it, you know? Yeah, totally. I mean, that's, that's precisely it. That's why I thought that, 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 uh, Carl Watson, like, you know, if it weren't for slavery, we wouldn't be here type thing was like, so interesting because that was how someone who had gone to college and someone who had like gone to graduate school or like, so no one would say that, you know, even if they sort of like, no one would, would think would find such a straightforward, like kind of like summation of, a diaspora in an entrenched system and put a positive spin on it. However, maybe he sincerely believes that and he's, that's, that's totally valid. And, and, and what's weird about, I mean, what I felt was like, maybe on some level, I fundamentally disagree with what he's saying, but like, I admire him so much as a skateboarder that I'm like, that's cool that you think that. What? Sure. Am I brain dead? Is he saying, is he saying African Americans wouldn't be here without slavery? Is he saying Americans? He's saying as, you know, I think he was saying like as, as a black man talking to another person of color in the United States, the fact that they're having that conversation was in large part due to this history of slavery and okay. here they are. And so like even slavery isn't necessarily a bad thing. Now okay. I, it could yeah. be like extrapolating and kind of transforming what he said, yep. but that was the, that was the sort of thing that ignited this like very kind of contentious response from the audience. But that's also kind of... I don't know. I heard that wrong the first time. I hear a lot of weird arguments of of when when people kind of code over uh, like gloss over old things in American history, and they're like, "Yeah, but like now we have like this this awesome country," and and being a southwesterner and and having to deal with the kind of like shameful history of what we have done to indigenous people. um, I'm always like, "Yeah, I'm like, I mean, we're I don't know if we should be here." And so I thought I. but I, I see the context in which Carl was talking and it was totally not how I heard it. Um, so that's an aside. No, but it's, no, but it's totally like that. That was partly it is that, um, it was a totalizing claim that put a positive spin on something that most people don't feel any sort of positive feelings about whether. And Carl is just a positive person, yeah. you know? And, yeah, and that's something right. yeah, that Kyle, exactly. Kyle mentioned this. He's not with us right now. Um, rest he's dead. Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we missed you, Kyle. He's dead to me. It's a weird time to bring that up, but yeah. No. <laughs> Great segue, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, we didn't even do an in memoriam in the intro or anything. Yeah, we were we were gonna kind of try make it through this episode without mourning Kyle's passing, but um. but no, he mentioned this uh, to me when I talked with him about the conference and was saying that 
you know, he, it's he it's not in his place as a as a white guy to really tell Carl what the correct framing yeah. that he should use to you know, which is what got him through you know, growing up at NEMB and, and yeah. living in San Francisco at that time. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. Pretty that was also kind of what, what was a little bit obnoxious about that exchange is because the person who like was literally reading off like, like statistics about like the population of people that lived in London that like were descendants of, of like the system of slavery, like was a white guy. <laughs> like it was a, a white guy correcting Carl about Carl's interpretation of like slavery. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that was corny, but that that happens a lot in academic conferences. <clears throat> there is, this is John back, but there is somebody um, uh, on skate Twitter, and um, he's both a, a gay man and a, a longboarder, and he he kind of this, this is speaking about the the person who gave um, Carl pushback, but he he actually talks about like this sort of short board masculine culture as as sort of elite because like he. He never felt comfortable in a skate shop being, he usually calls it somebody rides downhill. Um, and, and like it was both elite in the way that you had an appropriate length of board. And then, it, and then, and furthermore, it was home, the culture was pretty homophobic. Um, and, and I am, and I'm often, reading him because he's, he's in the sort of skate Twitter universe where it's all, I guess, I don't know what to call it, short borders or whatever. Um, he's basically says from a downhillers perspective or, um, whatever I'm, I'm usually like, Oh, I don't like, that's not any part of my practice. Like I've ridden a totally. longboard, whatever, but, and so he, he basically felt unwelcomed at skate shops and, and I'm like, well, um, I don't know if, if, uh, you know, the skate shop was exactly the place for a downhiller. But then when he tells me that it was coupled with how he was also feeling isolated from the skate community because of, of the sort of inherent homophobia, uh, homophobia, I, then I'm just like, ah, oh, fuck man, I'll go longboarding with you. Then I, then I, you know, sort of, I just, I think I that, have a hard time checking that when, when, yeah. when there are sort of like, like other identities coupled onto it. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if you, I mean, I, I've, I'm, I feel bad for that guy that he's like felt doubly oppressed, but like, uh, I don't think that the experience of a longboarder and the experience of like a skateboarder <laughs> and not a shortboarder or whatever, people who do yeah, tricks, I don't think it's yeah. fundamentally the same. Like we, we, yeah, longboarders don't get right. kicked out of places. Longboarders don't have to fucking kind of band together and like share this like, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's just like the nature of what we do. Is, we're, we're so oppressed, man. No, no, it, it's not even about being <laughs> oppressed, but it's just about like, it's just very different just because they kind of look sort of the same to outsiders. Like, I don't know, 32 years of, of dealing with like people misunderstanding what you do is uh, a different thing than like kind of longboarding just seems mainstream. And no, I, and it's I'm like not like saying like, it's, fuck, it's almost fuck yeah. longboarders. It's almost but. as if their community is just too small and isolated that they kind of like grasp onto our community and then want acceptance and we don't really want to give it to them. Yeah. And I, I can, I mean, as you know, fellow humans, I'm totally down for them, but like, I don't think that what we do is the same and I'm like not stoked on. And, and that's sort of weird. It's like, you you sort of want to give somebody the space to make a, a social critique, but maybe not like a sort of, um, 
like a subcultural critique if they're not sort of in like entrenched in the niche, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. You can definitely say like as a group, skateboarders are use shortboarders or dickheads for this, this, and this, but like not for like, I'm part of this and you guys need to treat me uh, as an equal or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's, but I, I do sort of notice, like, as you were describing this dude and his situation is super, like, I totally, you know, can relate to, like, I, whatever, just as a human, I'm sympathetic to him. But, like, I was still, like, no, fuck that. Like, I could feel my blood kind of being, like, that's fucking bullshit. Like, don't go to the fucking skate, sh- skate shop. Like, like if, he, if he power slid up to you at Tompkins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, he's like, hey, man, you want to you hit the hill? You'd be like, yeah. no, fuck that. Like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not on your trip. Right, exactly. But like, you know, if I was like at the coffee shop and, you know, I'd nod to him or something. Yeah. Sick boost. So, okay, final thing on Pushing Borders. We, at least Kristen and I, on top of Ted and Kyle, have been asked to be panelists. I don't know where you're at with this, Ted. Um, But I'm pretty excited about that. So I'm going to be speaking on the panel about education which I feel pretty unqualified for. But, uh, and then Kristen, which panel are you speaking on? I'm going to let you take a wild ass guess. We'll <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking uh, about, uh, you know, no, I'm just joking. Fuck it. I'm talking about women skateboarding. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but I also got asked to talk about street skating, which is sick. So I might do that for That's skate witches and then talk about women skateboarding on the other side. But That's oh, that cool. would be really rad. I- this is I my life. Was, I've accepted it. I just, I'm just going to keep talking about being a woman in skateboarding. Continue to speak my truth, even if it's exhausting. All right. That's a good, uh, that's a good place to, to dive into our next topic, which is Chris Cole's Gnarly Town. <laughs> he's got a new, he's got a new project, boys. It's the name of my apartment. Yeah. Uh, so Chris Cole is launching a new project with nitro circus that is called gnarly town and it looks pretty awesome uh we were just checking it out earlier and we we played the video let me hear let me play you the audio from this thing real quick let's shut this place down and just absolutely send it Yeah, I don't know. What what do we want to say about Gnarly Town? What are we thinking about this? It seems like a pretty accurate depiction. I mean, I, I seriously said, let's <laughs> shut this place down and ac- and absolutely send it four times a day, and I was ordering coffee. So <laughs> that's, that's how we talk, and that's like, you know, that yeah, I'm, I can't wait. It's, exactly. It's my life. Okay, we've, we've been over Wheels of Fortune. We've been through Pushing Borders. Now we're going to show both of those events up, motherfuckers. <laughs> Strap on your monster energy drink next right, tattoo. Coming, Let's featuring Nitro, Nitro Circus coming Saturday, June 22nd to LA Waterfront in San Pedro, California is Chris Cole's Gnarly Town. You guys excited for this? <laughs> Fuck yeah. Up. All right, Nitro Circus uh. is bringing high adrenaline action to Gnarly Town, a full day of music, mayhem, and more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read through this. All right, we got headlining bands, Pennywise, Rancid. Bro they're, him. They're still here. <laughs> <laughs> Action Bronson, off. This is, uh, this is under the skateboard section. Professional skateboarder Chris Cole has invited the world's best street skaters to his personal rail jam invitational at Gnarly Town. The two-time skater of the year, super crown world champion, 
and multiple X Games gold medalist, has designed a never-before-seen street course with a giant guitar as the centerpiece obstacle. Oh, fuck. The neck of the guitar will double as the hubba rail, along with a bump-to-bar, A-frame, there's our A-frame, Ted, yeah, and quarter that. pipe returns. In the jam format, the pros will throw down tricks for cash and prizes. The better the trick, the bigger the prize. It's going to be so fucked if the, thi- if the thing that like takes whatever the grand prize is there is just somebody acid dropping off the guitar like Danny Way did in Las Vegas. Oh, that will be how the way that someone wins. <laughs> it, 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 no, it's literally going to be Danny Way coming in. <laughs> yeah, it'll be Danny Way. <laughs> on, on a fucking helicopter. He acid drops out of the helicopter, onto the guitar, off the guitar, into the ramp. Fireworks go off. Travis Pastrana chest bumps him at the bottom of the landing and clotheslines him. No one is uh, trying to go to... <laughs> I, something strange... Spoiler I, I alert. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, I got the I got the uh, the the stage directions for the show. I also have to say that personal rail jam is a really uh, discomforting like sequence of words when thinking about Chris Cole. <laughs> <laughs> the only skateboarder I know that's involved in Nitro Circus before this whole Chris Cole the debacle got into it was that um, the guy Beaver, Beaver Fleming. Fleming. Yeah, who. T- We'll do like heel flip backflip first try every fucking heel try. flip backflip. He'll also do, he'll also do kind of like a Superman where your where your body three sixties and backflips at the same time. It's a really, I mean, if if a longboarder is kind of outside of our collective experience, um, Beaver Fleming may may have the the shortest board and the furthest distance from what uh, what the four of us here do. I thought that shut, let's shut this place down and absolutely send it was the sort of thing that you say to someone you love when you want to marry them. <laughs> <laughs> or make love uh, to them. That, w- that was, um, is that that was what pretty Alex- much me and Alex's vows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's shut this <laughs> And then you focus At the, the courthouse like... Yeah. <laughs> at we, the no, courthouse fo- at no, 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 the courthouse we focused that, it together Are yeah it's he, also that's also what the arresting officer said to me as he was locking the jail cell <laughs> shut this down. thing down absolutely, absolutely. um hey ha- has a skateboarder been married at the courthouse or do they not do that shit there at the the one in uh west la oh they do they, i once they i once got a ticket skating at the courthouse i, I didn't know and if we were talking to, L- at West LA courthouse or uh, New York courthouse? West LA, right? Yeah. I was talking about West LA. The 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 New York courthouse is only known for the nose grind I did. Pop into the bank, drop off the ledge. That's the only thing people remember that that spot oh, for. Yeah, the Ted Schmidt's ledge. ledge. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing when you were the only person that. who did a trick there. No, I, I once got a ticket at the West LA courthouse, and then I had to pay it at the West LA courthouse. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, can I, like, I just so, do it so right guys, here? Yeah. Like, did you guys just take uh, Venmo? Like, <laughs> I would absolutely go. I would go to Gnarly Town. <laughs> I would I would take a residence in Gnarly Town. <laughs> if somebody so I was gonna say, is that like a metaphysical state or are we talking <laughs> yeah. like we're actually going? Dude, I've got, that, I, I was thinking, I was like, damn, that kind of sounds up my alley. Giant guitar is a Gnarly Town is a obstacle. state of mind. Yeah. Yeah. Neck of the guitar I'm will double curious. as the hubba rail. Maybe I should go <laughs> for the for the show and just skate in the event. Oh, please do. I, I'm down. <laughs> if anyone, uh, Chris, if you're listening to this, please just uh, let me into your contest. I'm, I'm there. 
Was you didn't get the invite? Nah, I'm not on that list, I don't think, yep. I'm afraid. <laughs> You're not invited to the personal rail jam? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, okay, it's just Chris Kolsky. <laughs> yeah. I think it is. It, I think it. I. I. I mean, who but he else? He invited the best skaters. No, it says it says just he invited him. the world's best street skaters to his personal rail jam. It's well, like he is the jam. world's. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It's like his birthday party. What, he's like what, surprise. What is, it's it, me. No, it's not his birthday, but he's the mayor of Gnarly Town, <laughs> and, and and he's gonna give one lucky skater the key to the to the to the city or to the town. <laughs> You mean to which the is, guitar? Which is another Chitella. guitar. The, the key is shaped like a guitar also. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, I don't know. That's cool that y'all are excited about it, but I've had so much more fun imagining everything that came out of this conversation than the actual event. I'll just put it that way. Well, yeah, because you haven't attended a gnarly town. No, I haven't. I've never been. been to you have never town. been. Yeah, yeah uh, but uh, I'm, I'm sure that you would be completely transformed. Uh I mean, any, anytime you're in the presence of greatness, you know, yeah. Travis Pastrana, uh, <laughs> it does something to you. I'm a huge fan of sending it, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's super fucked up is, like, for those that don't know me and weren't in Cabin 6B in 2009, I was a Woodward uh, instructor for two years. It, it, it started, th this thing happens all of the time where, and, and we've talked about this at, um, at other levels where you kind of get into something ironically and then it just kind of, you get into it in earnest, Yeah, which is like uh, I, the word bro, you know, it started by Chad saying it and then it was just like, oh, okay, like let's, let's sort of use bro in a facetious way and, or a, you know, ironic way. And then you end up just being like, oh, what's up, bro? Yeah. To your friend, to your bros. Uh, um, and then the, the same thing happens for, I, I don't know, any piece of vernacular. Like I remember some people came back with, uh, the word sin from, uh, from Long Beach, you know, all those like Pasquale and them. And then just for six months, people were in earnest saying like, oh, sin, like to mean something was bad or whatever the fuck. And now the same thing has d been done with the send it. But it's in such a weird little capsule with Nyjah yeah. where he ha he's literally sending it, but also with motocross people. Like he skated the Hollywood 16, <laughs> 5 0 it with a, a motocross dude doing a whatever the fuck, no footer, can can, knack knack. I don't know. But then <laughs> it, it's like, it's. It's it's so close to not even ironic that you're like, oh, he's just sending it in the same exact way that the bros mean it. So there is no way to yeah. Like, there's no uh, distinction. He's actually the sender. He, yes, yeah. exactly. He, he hangs it with the sinner, but he's the sender. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. We got to talk about the optics of this poster. I got this pulled up. So we got a board that says Gnarly Town. In the Hollywood font, which is like, you know, whatever. But the photo that they use is, okay, it's got Travis Pastrana representing Nitro Circus, literally doing a backflip over flames, <laughs> you know, sending it. And then you've got Chris Cole, and it's a black and white sequence of him doing a front board kickflip out on a fucking five yes. or six stair rail. Which yeah. is like, man... Dude, of all of the photos, you're trying to sell this thing as Gnarly Town, and of all the Chris Cole photos out there, you're going to use a frontboard kickflip out on a six-stair rail. <laughs> There's also, I like the um, the use of the thunders 
to bolt to like bolster <laughs> the the date and information like do you see do you see that wait, wait, wait. yeah 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 it's uh, right next to the um upside there's, down robot yeah there's a guy. thunder no. and an action figure no i i don't i don't have that <laughs> but in the but in the graphic that i'm looking at just in the top right is an effects pedal for a guitar, an XLR cable to plug in a microphone. No, that's on the same one. Yeah, it, it, there, there are thunders down below. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> and then there, then there's a skeleton doing this, in a le- in a sick leather and a Dora. The piece means so something so much more aggressive when it's the back of the hand, oh, like yeah. you're getting this, flipped off. Yeah, twice. Uh, <laughs> but I was a rude it, dead dude. <laughs> It, it just says bikes, boards, and bands. <laughs> like triple Bs. That's all what? you need, bro. All right, so, so, so bigger picture. Like, does anyone give a shit that Chris Cole is just literally selling off the whole I think everything? He, I every, every Listen up, Brian. Bit of equity. What's he's up? Got, he's got to get his kids through college, you know? It's like. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, this is, the, this is like the big question, right? It's like, does it even matter anymore? No. Does anyone give a shit? I mean, no, there's I, no. I mean, post McRib. Post McRib, I guess, but you know, I don't. Yeah. Okay. Are you? you, Sorry, Kristen. Oh, I was just gonna say that. uh, I mean, I think even a bigger question is like, who the fuck is the target audience? Is clearly not us, and that's why this is all very confusing. (laughs) Um, I don't know about you guys, but I started skating when um, Dying to Live was like coming out for like two years straight, and every single magazine had all those ads, and I had sweatbands that with the Zero logo on them and shit, so. Just as like an adult, this is just all very, this feels a little sad. Well, I mean, yeah, it's somebody who knows about Nitro Circus, but still would relate to a clip from Chris Cole's Fallen Part or something, which is like, I don't know what the fuck this Which is de- yeah, definitely is. not the frontboard kickflip. I mean, but also craft beer. <laughs> yeah, but those are those guys. But, you yeah. know, that's well, the same crowd of people. Well, it's literally every, if you take Chris Cole out of this, it's a cohesive universe of it's just yeah. bros. And literally, Pennywise has the song Bro Him. And I'm probably going to put a clip of it when I edit this show. And Chris Cole is sort of at the kind of, he's not at the send it kind of section of our world but he is at kind of like the he's on the podium yeah yeah exactly like he's stadiums cheering like big he puts on a show you know what i mean he back threed wallenberg in the after he smacked his dome at he's won street um, league a couple times right yeah i'm i'm sure in the beginning yeah um i mean i obviously personally don't give a fuck like that he's branding himself as the author ambassador to gnarly town the mayor of gnarly town i don't know what the fuck i I wish there was some type of transparency in the financials of sort of top tier pro skaters because you you always wonder like we had this question when the the mcrib ads by uber eats came out and it was like him and p-rod and they're like check this out i got a pickle rick pen with my uber eats mcrib package and they're doing an ad for McDonald's yeah, and Uber. And you know that P-Rod has made more than enough money to retire off That's of. exactly it. And, and you say, like, so you don't need the money, but at what level do you not need it? But it would be very nice to have for the level of work. So it's, I was saying, 
you know, let's say he's got a million bucks or whatever. And I know I don't really know how finances work. Really. I have 400 bucks to my name, RN, but, and then negative 60 K if you include the student debt. But, um, so I would do it for 60 K plus 400, whatever that is. (laughs) Are you mad that you didn't get this McRib opportunity? I like legitimately bummed. So, okay. So, you you just wonder like P Rod would be absolutely fine if he didn't do this McRib ad. So why do it? Why advertise McDonald's to skaters? Why do anything with fucking Uber for skaters? I, I just I, I mean skaters I, I work, work for Uber. <laughs> you're, you're supporting fucking skateboarding. You're helping you're helping pros like maintain their their careers if you're supporting Uber. Yeah, that's right, but. I mean, the, the McRib is just the other the most, end of the, the yeah. market. I, I mean, ha- half of that is is the sandwich, which is just like a, a just a paste that's yeah. like fucking Play-Doh, like molded <laughs> into like beef or into like riblet shape. Yeah. And it's just such a like a grotesque <laughs> metaphor for like all of fast food and like American consumerism and and like. The McRib is actually fits very well into the Gnarly Town universe. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. there's yeah. a Gnarly few McDonald's sure. in the Gnarly Town that just sell McRibs. Yeah. Like you go in there and you're like, ah, I'd like something like maybe just the apple pie or something. I don't even know. The McCafe, I'm sure, has some type of salad dish that's like yes. coated in ranch. Yeah. But no, they in, only in, sell in Gnarly McRibs Town, there. all McRibs are delivered via yeah. Uber. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's only McRibs, though. Like you go yeah. in there and you're like, oh, all right, McDonald's. And you're like, you can only get McRib or double. Well, I, I think like the, my response to that question, which is like, why would these dudes do this is kind of, cause I think what you said, Kristen is interesting is that like both P rod and Chris Cole came up in this kind of hotbed of intensity of like when you could make a lot of money as a professional skateboarder. And there was this huge anticipation for videos and that's how they proved themselves. And they're both very much at the end of their career and they may be millionaires, indeed but like they're probably just like what the fuck do we do now yeah and like where does the revenue come in 10 years yeah exactly and and you have been so accustomed to that like that lifestyle of of acclaim and a lot of money that you know you yeah i would i would guess that that would be the the most kind of clinical answer to that question yeah yeah but i i mean i I think about it in, 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 in an analogy or, or in it, like sort of personalize the analogy. What does that look like in, in uh, each of your universes? Like for, because it's like, let's say they gave 10,000 bucks to P rod, right? What is yeah. that to right. P rod? Like what, it, I mean, what is the equivalent to that for me? I mean, it, it feels like, what is that? Like seven bucks or so <laughs> like, like, so if, if they, <laughs> so yeah, shame on me. Okay. <laughs> but, but you wonder, like, I, I mean, I don't know each of your, your net worths and your assets or whatever, but like Kristen, if I came to you and I was like, Hey, you, you know, I want you to promote this like absolute garbage trash by a fucking Silicon Valley, like billion dollar tech firm. Um, like, could you just like record a short little 30 second video on your Instagram? It's like almost no work. I'll give you, uh, you know, 30, 30 bucks, bucks for it. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ted's think alike. Um, <laughs> but I mean, would you, because that, that was always the argument. It's like, well, if Chris Cole just has to slap his name on this thing and show up to the event, whatever, he'll make 20,000 bucks. 
5,000 bucks. I don't know what the, what the figure is. So wouldn't you just do it for one day of work? And in my head, I think like, well, certainly not if I already have enough money to live off. I don't give like, you can't even get me out of bed. Yeah. For, I would say that Chris Cole is kind of in a different situation than a P-Rod. P-Rod. Yeah. 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 Not as entrepreneurially minded. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I just can't imagine doing any of this shit. You know, I'm, I'm sure street league pays fine for announcing work. I mean, maybe not enough to support the sort of lifestyle that he bought himself into after like years of winning all those contests and shit. But I just, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. It's a swan I, I would song. like him to give me VIP passes. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. It's a swan. Ransom's a good band. Yeah. Like it's a swan song performed by Pennywise. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. We don't, yeah, we don't care, Chris. You know, just, just do it. Do, do the damn thing. We'll be there. We'll be at Gnarly Town. It's not for us. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, not, it's not for us. For, well, I mean, it's gonna be for us when we go there. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't. This is yeah. like this skateboarder's equivalent of liking ICP. Like in, I don't know. It, it literally. I mean, like, like Juggalo skaters yeah. will relate to this shit. And I'm happy for them. They'll also relate to the lyric, I'm Violent J and I'm back like a vertebrae, but I don't know what to, uh, Juggalo skaters confuse the living hell out of me. All right, let's, uh, okay. Ted Schmitz has got an article for us uh, about electric skateboarding in San Francisco, and this should be a little bit of fun. We're going to do a little read through and hopefully yeah, learn some things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we want to we wanna bring you the news and kind of, uh, and we want to make sure that you're, kept in the loop on our culture. Um, and part of that is, is knowing, um, what is being written about us, but it w we could have segued into this from the earlier discussion about longboards and shit. But, um, yeah, basically this started yesterday where I was, I was in the skate shop hanging out and this guy walks in with a, uh, with an electric skateboard. And we've seen a few of them around here. We see more of those one wheels than really anything. Um, but he, uh, came into the shop with an electric skateboard only. And I guess they need some other, um, what do you call it? Like accessories to, to, to even be usable. So he, so he comes in and he goes, Hey, do you guys have a, a charger and a remote? And the people working at the, at the counter at Cowtown looked at him like, like you were just in the complete wrong place here, man. And they, and, and they were pretty, they were sort of nice about it. And they go, yeah, sorry. You know, we don't do anything with a motor. Like we're a skate shop. And he goes, sort of confused. And he goes, this is a skateboard. Oh. And it very clearly isn't. <laughs> it's a, it's a like, little sir, car. Sir, that's a car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> sir, there's an auto zone down the street. So, yeah. Hello. So he's trying to, and, and I don't know how he came up on this remoteless, chargeless, fucking mini Tesla, but whatever he he then tries to implore the shop employees to be some of the first skate shops in on the electric skateboard craze and then they tell him no <laughs> fuck no like <laughs> i think one of the quotes was i think we might be the last shop in arizona to carry electric skateboards that's amazing <laughs> 
And yeah, those guys are always the first people to like, let you know about the, the new market opportunity that you're, you're yeah. missing out on. Yeah, exactly. And he goes, I bought it. <laughs> yeah, well, I bought it without a fucking charger. Like literally he's lugging around a 30 pound dead weight saying how you should get these. Yeah, a useless automobile that he can't even fucking ride. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is great. Like people are this pick, taking off. Yeah, and it, and it gets better. So basically, after this back and forth of like, dude, we're not going to carry these things, like whatever, can we help you? He goes, all right, well, then I'll just fix up my longboard while I'm here. And they do a lot of like longboard business. We're next to the campus, whatever. And he goes and gets his homie who's holding a board. It's got one front truck fully assembled, bolted to the board. And then the back truck is just the base plate. And then he has the hanger, wheels, bushings, kingpin, in a Circle K bag, plastic bag. <laughs> and, he, and he goes, <laughs> and, he, and I didn't tell you the graphic at the bottom, but you'll be able to understand it once I tell you this. I, I don't know if you guys know the reference. I don't know how much animated shit you guys watch, whatever. But this shit kind of transcended a lot of stuff. And he goes, yeah, that's my longboard. I don't know. My truck fell off, but I was hoping you could fix it. It's just a blank, but I painted Pickle Rick on it. <laughs> and, <laughs> this guy sounds... I, I was hating him. Now I love him. Yeah, the, this the guy's, guy's sick, Ted. Yeah. yeah, so the guy fucking rules. Yeah. And um, <laughs> Total nailer. Unfortunately, the article is not about the guy. No, no, no. Oh, a profile of this man would be just completely amazing. <laughs> so afterwards, I looked this shit up, and I was like, what is up with electric skateboard? I don't even know what they are, really. I... I I didn't realize they had a remote. I didn't know they had a, I just didn't know anything about them. So this article is called the domestication of the skateboard colon San Francisco battled at skateboarding community for decades period. Then Silicon Valley stepped in, which is just always the hero. This is from the SF we love disruption. The, the, yeah. The fucking hero of every single one of these stories is the innovative entrepreneur is fucking Silicon Valley. All right. Standing six feet, six inches tall with a barrel chest and legs like tree trunks, Colin Seaburn, I might fuck that up, almost exceeds the size limit for his electric skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. That was right. a hell of an opening line right that there. Nonetheless, it's become his primary mode of transportation. He averages six miles a day. Mostly riding from his home in Potrero Hill to his girlfriend's house in the outer Richmond or tooling around the Google campus where he works as an engineer. Yeah, fucking awesome. He's paraded it for co-workers, supervisors, and a group of cops at a Giants game who asked for a test ride. <laughs> the fucking... like. Oh, then it must be cool. It's so far removed from, from, from skating. And it's almost an insult to call them an electric skateboard if you're giving them to cops at Giants games to ride. Yeah. Seaburn um, obliged. He's put his pug on the board and filmed it. Animal I'm cruelty. down with that. Shit, you know, so, so. You're down with that. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking We're, with this dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, love, I, mean, I love the image of just uh, pug bombing up a hill on electric skateboard yeah. past Sean Green and being like, owned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, oh, man. 
Seaburn has used the board so much, in fact, that he has no need for the sleek Audi S5 he purchased in 2011. <laughs> which he probably also <laughs> exceeds the re- size requirements. For. <laughs> <laughs> it's only clocked 60 miles since March. What oh. a fucking cool guy. He barely uses his expensive car and he works at Google. Like, and he lives in San Francisco. I, I wonder like when you're the when you're the sort of subject of these profiles, like dude, they are just fucking embarrassing the shit out of you. Yeah, and there's no self-awareness. These are definitely the people who made San Francisco the great city it is today. Yeah, God fucking <laughs> All right. So Sibern is a new breed of skateboarder in San Francisco. Someone who's concerned about transportation rather than stunts. Stunts. <laughs> Dude, oh, no, don't get, don't get confused with the guys word. from Gnarly Town. <laughs> yeah, no. They, they, they saw the flyer for Gnarly Town and they were like, whoa, Seaburn doesn't do that. It's <laughs> a whole uh, new type of skater. He doesn't even have a guitar. <laughs> and fittingly, the board he rides is a far cry from the wooden, skull-decorated things <laughs> that glided along. <laughs> Dude, they're trolling Chris Cole so hard right now. Yeah, yeah, this is a total dig at Chris Cole specifically. Yeah, fucking badass. The skull. I mean, dude, this is so fucked up. I haven't had a skull on my board in like two years. Dude, Gnarly Town versus Silicon <laughs> Valley. Ja- ja- Jamie Thomas uh, wrote this article yeah, under I, a pseudonym to I, troll Chris Cole at 3.0. Cole troll? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so the, the skull decorated things that glided along Justin Herman Plaza in the eighties and nineties, this iteration with its wireless speed control and thumb brakes is a lot closer to a Tesla. It's meticulously engineered. They love this word engineered. They love, I don't know what that word is that they need a new lexicon because they, they just fawn over anything that is well-designed or engineered says Sanjay Dastor, whose company boosted boards mints these products from a warehouse in Mountain View. Uh, The electronic parts resemble those used in drones and hobby airplanes. The battery is strong enough to run for a thousand kilometers. You do the math. Uh, No, it's it's, uh, 621 miles. Quote, and you charge it off a normal wall outlet in 15 minutes, Daster told an audience last year during a TED Talk. Uh, The audience listened raptly. This was a new utopian vision for skateboards. Inject it straight into my veins, please. (laughs) (laughs) For anyone who's followed skateboarding history, though, this brave new world of TED Talks and self-propelled commuting devices seems counterintuitive. Skateboards have long represented a feral subculture. They're the preferred vehicle of thrill seekers and kids whose parents never put them in organized sports. Yeah. (laughs) They encourage misuse of the urban landscape Handrails, ledges, plazas, and empty swimming pools all co-opted in the name of technique and adrenaline. (laughs) (laughs) We're keeping your security guards busy. They love Electric boards, in contrast, fall neatly within the parameters of accepted use of public spaces. They use roads as roads rather than as thrill rides. Wow, this is the most brown-nosing shit I've ever heard. God damn it. It's also that language is so hackneyed. Fucking thrill rides and parameters and this, ugh. God. <laughs> as such, they're a vehicle for the establishment, college students, startup founders, eco-minded commuters. White people. 
I was going to say, can you throw podcasters in there? Yeah. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> They're powered by onboard computers that obviate the need to kick and push. A rider is, for all intents and purposes, just a passenger. They cost between a thousand and fifteen hundred dollars, up to fifteen times the price of their wooden antecedents. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Antecedents? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The antecedents, the things that came before. Cool no, word. I yeah. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was explaining what antecedents meant to you. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, all just right. Balking at it. That's all. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> And they, and they enshrine all the values of Silicon Valley, speed, efficiency, scrupulous engineering, and a glossy patina. Little sprinkle of gentrification in there as Jesus well. Christ. Yeah, one might one might add yeah. a few a few more Silicon Valley associations, like fucking dominating and redefining space that other people might want to use for actually living. Yeah, <laughs> in the name of disruption. Yeah. Uh, Destor's line of boosted boards has become an emblem in San Francisco's culture war alternately celebrated and sneered at. TechCrunch writer Josh Constein called them, quote, magical. Local blogger SF Citizen deemed them a toy. In September, SF Citizen posted a sassy pictorial essay about the, quote, heroic tech bro effortlessly skateboarding all the way through the twin the Twitter loin oh up my Larkin. God. Gotcha. Do uh, dude, I love, I love San Francisco infighting. This is awesome. Uh, <laughs> Thumb throttle in hand. To some, electric boards are a, I don't know this fucking <laughs> Latin term, fait accompli. Is it French. Is it French? Okay, yeah. cool. Well, they needed the accent above it. Um, <laughs> it's a cov. Um, to, uh, to some, electric skateboards are uh, fait accompli. In a city with a sweet tooth for innovation, and they could maybe finally resolve San Francisco's decades-long battle with its skateboarders by what? Just pricing them out? <laughs> oh man! But as with so many other disruptions in the city, electric uh, electric boards could be the next front in a larger, more complicated battle. It partly boils down to how the curb should be used. More fundamentally, it's about who controls them. Pro skater Carl Watson tries not to hate on the new technology, even if he's nostalgic for a past era of San Francisco skateboarding, one that propelled him to fame. Watson began skating in 1987 when he was 11 years old. At the time, Justin Herman Plaza was at the center of the skateboarding universe, known for its sinuous cement embankment that skateboarders called the wave. In the 90s, local skaters began filming themselves as they pirouetted over the plaza's steep ledges and circular berths. I don't know what a berth is. It's Daniel Gesmer was skating EMB a lot back then. <laughs> uh, backing their stunts filled with ballet and hip hop soundtrack. Oh my god! They're, oh, what? backing their backing their stunt filled ballet skaters. with a hip hop soundtrack. That's still fucking awful. Even if, <laughs> even if you read the sentence correctly, it's one of the worst things I've ever heard. Yep. An iconic four-minute YouTube clip shows Daily City skater Mike Carroll sailing over the benches and cobblestones. Justin Herman. Is Justin Herman EMB? That's Brian uh, Herman's yeah. dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Justin Herman was more commonly known as EMB. Oh, Jesus Christ. I couldn't read one fucking sentence ahead. Was more commonly known as EMB, which served as both shorthand for Embarcadero and as an abbreviation for the local skate crew. Embarcadero's most blunted. 
That guy <laughs> yeah. felt badass writing that. For yeah. Sure. It, 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 they love finding like the, the edgy name that like two people use. It was a land where skaters crested the hills of the Lombard streets and rattled through the brick-paved guiles of North Beach, and where, in 1986, a teenager named Mark Gonzalez sprang from a platform at the Embarcadero, soared over the formidable concrete gulf, and magically landed on the staircase below. That gulf was thence rechristened the Gons Gap. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, they used dents. Yeah, it, it, it's a fucking mess. Basically, they catalog a bunch of bullshit that happened at EMB that I'm sure they're fucking wrong about. That I, I don't know who the fuck they asked. Um, I, I think we should get, go ahead a little bit and and then basically just uh fucking kill ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> Dustor and Olman decided to put their degrees on hold. How brave of them. They put the, I think it said earlier they went to fucking Stanford. How brave of them to put their degree on hold where they can just hop back in anytime later and get a six figure job. They launched a Kickstarter campaign in the fall of 2012 with a video that showed young preppy flannel shirted commuters hoisting the four pound boards onto their backpacks, sitting with them on Caltrain and steering them up the steep hills of San Francisco. They raised $467,000 from that. Literally, they think they're like um, spicing skaters by showing them go up the hills, not knowing that yeah. that's like obviously a the stupid last thing you would want to do. It's like the exact opposite of what skate skateboarders are all about bombing hills. <laughs> like they're yeah, electrically yeah. going the- up them, fucking <laughs> posers. We're not we're not skating down them because we can't go up them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my but god! Oh shit. Going uphill on a board, I'm down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's like, oh, my skateboard can be a ski lift now. Yeah, take my <laughs> fifteen hundred bucks, Stanford grad. The idea was to serve a niche market of longboarders and tech junkies who fetishize elegant machinery. These are like the steampunks of Silicon Valley. Uh, <laughs> carefully. <laughs> Carefully engineered electric boards bear the same high-energy lithium batteries that power smartphones, laptops, or electric vehicles. Or drones. They're equipped with onboard sensors and processors. Their motors can glide up a hill at 20 miles an hour. They love this up-a-hill feature. And Destor says they have the, quote, dynamic look and feel of a skateboarder because riders help steer by leaning from one side to the other. Hell yeah. That's user-friendly. Yeah. Uh, think of a way people are portrayed riding on a magic carpet in a Disney movie, he says. You just know it's going to get dumb. He says, and then he adds, compare that to a mall cop riding a Segway. Not very cool. But very similar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, not surprisingly, Boosted Boards earned gushing reviews from tech bloggers and sold so well among the 25 to 35-year-old male population in Silicon Valley that the founders turned their Kickstarter setup into a bona fide cottage industry. I, I, and, I just want to interject. I don't think you need to specify that the, the, the population <laughs> in Silicon... Like, you don't have to, like take that 25 to 35 year old male population of Silicon Valley. That is all Silicon Valley is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it just said Silicon Valley. Yeah. We would have understood 25, 35 white male. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who um, loves electric skateboards? Yeah. Yeah. There, yeah. There wasn't some like, yeah, there wasn't some twist at the end that basically said that, you know, women in tech are really flocking to these things. There are of course other iterations in January 
another Stanford engineer named Kyle Dirksen. I think I'm pronouncing that right. D O E R K S E N. It's either Dorksen son. Dorksen. It's Dorksen. It's Dorksen. All right. We're fucking we're uh, I'm going to be a bully. That's here. right. We'll show him. We'll call yeah. him Dorkson. <laughs> yeah. He has a Stanford degree. He's fucking fine. Whatever. Yeah. Um, fuck this guy. Continue. <laughs> um, Kyle Dorkson launched a Kickstarter campaign for one wheel. I told you about these things. A self-balancing motorized board with a giant tire in the center. Its software algorithms allow riders to carve the pavement as though they're surfing a wave. Dorkson says in, a prom in a promotional videos, he's also based in Mountain View. No shit where new board gadgetry is apparently a growth industry. That's rattled people in the skateboarding scene who, as Watson notes, have long been wary of other wheeled activities. Not in gnarly town. Thompson views the new, <laughs> the new inventions as an affront. I was on Van Ness one morning and I saw a guy coming up McAllister, like we know these streets, on oh, one everyone of those knows yeah. Van Ness and McAllister. <laughs> yeah, uh, he says, and you know, I can just tell when someone looks uncomfortable on a skateboard. His legs were super spread apart. He had a really stiff stance. And I was like, how do you go from like not riding a skateboard to riding an electric skateboard? You're out of your mind, man. You're going to kill yourself. He pauses bitterly. Quote, you have to learn to ride around the block, pay your dues, then take it to the streets. Like what the kids do. It irks him that someone could bypass that learning curve with a piece of technology and it suggests that a gritty street culture could ultimately be supplanted by something sleek, expensive, and new. That's literally skateboard gentrification. Yeah. Um, I'm heated. <laughs> yeah, quote, when I saw that, Thompson says, it freaked me out, kind of. Oh, you're scared? Yeah, you should be. Innovation's coming your way, bud. <laughs> um, let's go to the last like little bit here. Um, these are the, the, the last kind of eight sentences. Uh, what is deteriorated, though, is the once sacred, resolutely uncivilized culture of skateboarding. Hubba hideout is gone. Skaters of the Abarcadero are now gone. Not true. Yeah, literally didn't see the Supreme video. Um, <laughs> now relegated to a small plaza in front of the ferry building. There's a security guard permanently on watch at Union Square. So the only time to skate there is between midnight and 5 a.m. Or skaters who once congregated at EMB are now drifting out to the avenues or into the Bayview. Yeah, no shit. Because uh, <laughs> they didn't graduate from Stanford. By the mid-aughts, they'd become the stuff of museum dioramas. Ooh. Oh, they'd become. Sorry. That's no overstatement. In 2004, Yerba Buena Center for the Arts mounted, quote, beautiful losers. What do you know about this, Ted? Um, yeah, I, I was actually at the the opening of Beautiful Losers. Oh yeah, yeah, I was in San Francisco. Oh, were you touring at like that a, time? Because that was, was we were sophomores then. Yeah, I was like 15 years old or something on a Filmbot Files trip. That's fucking amazing. Um, so um, in 2004, Yerba Buena Center for the Arts mounted Beautiful Losers, an exhibit featuring street art that had once lived on the margins of society. It included an installation of hand drawn skate decks by original. Dogtown board designer Wes Humpston and a seven foot wooden bowl sculpture that looked like an empty swimming pool. Museum curators invited local skaters in to give it a test run. Pianist Jason Moran tried, <clears throat> I, I might be saying his last name wrong. Pianist Jason Moran tried a similar experiment where he, where he appeared at the SF Jazz Center last year. 
transforming a stage into a 36 by 20 foot half pipe and enlisting 10 skaters, 10 skateboarders to ride it while his quartet played in the background. Is it, are, are they listing these as like ways that skateboarding has been adulterated and like, like it's, it's lost its street edge for this? Yeah, I, yeah, or, or, I think it's basically like in the way that like street, yeah, street art is like coming inside. It's, you know, now inside yeah. the gallery, it's becoming like cleaner, more appropriate, like right, right. whatever it's, it's basically having the edges curved off. Um, uh, yeah, literally they say it right here, but that's what happens. San Francisco is abstractly interested in its skateboard history, but only to the extent that it can be distilled in an art exhibit or circumscribed in a stage performance or remembered in a wistful essay. Jesus Christ. And with the rise of electric boards, the skateboard follows so many other facets of San Francisco's culture into assimilation. It's a clean, efficient way to get around the city with its own powerful urge to get somewhere, even if it's not entirely clear where <laughs> fucking shoot me please um i love I how they hated us short borders stunt borders but i actually wow i've never been more proud to ride a stunt board yeah <laughs> at multiple points in it it's making the case for the the more expensive cleaned off basically like pure yuppie utility machine rather than the sort of subculture that you know, is like, you know, one in one with San Francisco. Could have mentioned <laughs> that, that skateboarding has been illegal in San Francisco for 30 years, you know, like that, like it's never not been illegal. And like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, if they're trying to make the point that, that like, oh, like this sold symbol of like San Francisco's gritty past is, is going the way of the dodo bird. Uh, they're, they're kind of glossing over quite a lot of like the city's history with, skateboarding yeah also when did we say that skateboards were a not toys and b for transportation like we're not in this competition with you yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i i like that yeah there there was a certain framing in that where where they're saying like that the that the skater who knew you know the real sf skating of the 90s um when he saw one of the boards he was scared like yeah. that they were going to take over cultural real estate from skateboard, like in skateboarding or something. What is it, like, she's trying to make a case for like how even skateboarders recognize that this is the new new, which is complete fucking bullshit. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm willing to bet a significant amount of my life uh, because if I lose this bet, I don't want to live anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, uh, fuck. I just thought that was funny. I saw the guy in Cowtown and um, the only with the, the, with the electric yeah, board saying we we had to, you know, we had to get in on this market, and it's like that's the fucking market. Fuck no. Here's and the I, yeah. Here's the g g silver lining takeaway from that is that like these tech bros are so interested in tech, like tech immediately makes itself obsolete, and so like within two years like boost boards will, will have been superseded by something even cheesier and less to do with skateboarding. Yeah. You know, yeah. like the, so nice. like it's going to kill itself. <laughs> um, at, at one point I, I, I didn't, I didn't read this part, but, but they talk about somebody who's, uh, invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in making a hoverboard that functions like it did in, in back of the future. And it's just, 
the, the, one of the most frustrating things I think about reading stories of San Francisco and, 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 and a lot of New York as well is that you see the kinds of, like the piles of fucking money. Like this is this is unfathomable even to like McRib standards. The the kind of resources they're piling into these just shit technologies because yeah. they stand for something. They're 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 like um they're signifiers, you know, in in the way that um that that a fashion label is on your clothes, you know. To to say that you invested in this company is to say something about your vision of the future, your taste, your class, and your fucking privilege, ca- privilege and capital power. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's all yeah. It, I hate that that thing where they're like, "Oh, I just really like the engineering. I'm just a huge fan of lithium batteries." Like, what a fucking boring thing to care about and be yeah, inspired yeah. by. Yeah, um, the, yeah. It's a it's a fucking waste and in their city people cannot make rent another another thing i don't like about it uh, how it disenfranchises skateboarders takes money out of uber driving skateboarders <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> again these these fucking tech bros aren't taking uber now now they got their own little personal yeah. flying carpets yeah. yeah silicon valley does start to feel like an ouroboros at a certain point where you're just like you all have graduated from the same fucking schools and you are fighting each other for the same fucking investors and and firms this is such a just like disgusting insular community where they're eating and puking each other up all day yeah kristen i mean you feel probably feel the repercussions of that the most right you mean like as far as like the tech industry is and making yeah i mean we don't really feel much of it in phoenix what big tech company do you have in seattle i can't think of one (laughs) (laughs) fuck you ted that must be nice (laughs) I just, I can't believe that that city's just not like, you know, I mean, I'm, people are pissed, but it's like, dude, up in arms over that fucking guy. Well, everybody like works for him. So yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. He's definitely uh, Mr. Potter from uh, it's a wonderful life. If you ever seen that classic movie, but yeah, dude, homelessness <laughs> is like a real crisis, like straight up, like we're making fun of longboarders, but like the larger conversation is just. Like, people can't fucking afford to live and eat, and, like, what does that say about our society, you know? And it's kind of at a pinching point, like, in, like, Seattle, you know? It's like a bottleneck or whatever, and it's so sad. Like, I don't know. It's yeah, it's we, gnarly what's happening to our city and, and how fast and how much the city council and everybody's bought out and all they care about is just keep making rich people richer and, you know, doing backroom deals to make sure that we're, like, not solving the homelessness crisis or, you know, holding, like, big companies accountable, you know, for what they're doing to our city. So it's kind of the larger context just to fucking throw that out there as a nice downer. <laughs> I mean, you know, they, they, they fly in a new sort of... They transplant a new population and then it, they sort of... And then they don't pay for the sort of negative externalities of bringing in all this, I guess they call it skilled work or whatever. Like a brain drain is what I've heard it called before. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But then it's like, yeah, you, you have the market just inflate through the fucking roof and it's, yeah, you go from paying 600 bucks a month to, to your landlord asking for 1200 bucks a month, three years later, it's like, you can't, (laughs) I think 1200 bucks a month is pretty optimistic in Seattle for Uh, rent, right? Yeah. I'm just talking about the the compressed period of time where where rents doubled. It was like, it was so short and yeah, it's like, and and the people who were the impetus for that inflation, uh, there is no, I don't want to say repercussion, there's no responsibility for them to take on any of that externality. How do you feel about celebrities like Justin Bieber and Lil Wayne co-opting skateboarding? I, I'll answer that first. I think, I actually feel fine about it. I think J- Justin Bieber skated before and Lil Wayne uh, 
uses as release in like a very pure way. No, yeah, Little Wayne is definitely like a, an actual skateboarder. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's what I was gonna say. I feel totally good about Little Wayne doing it, putting it out there because I, I like the show. I like to watch the show. You know, um, I cannot stand uh, Justin Bieber skating. He is uh, the sort of epitome of, um, like people were saying this about Jonah Hill. This was about the whole kickflip thing where they were like, if he could land a kickflip, then he's a skater. He's put in the time. And it's like, no, not everybody who can kickflip is a skater. I don't give a shit. Cliff Kaufman landed the kickflip. He's not a skater. He literally is a football player. <laughs> You're like, I heard this guy, you know, Cliff Kaufman can do kickflips. And he was a football player. And this, this football player, Cliff Kaufman, came out skating with us. He was a really cool guy. He wasn't like a gnarly jock asshole. He was a cool guy. We're like, oh, like Cliff, dude, do a kickflip. He did a kickflip. We're like, oh, my God. That was the fucking trick, a kickflip. That was the trick. You know, like, I, is this something you never thought possible? And you saw it, and it was like, I can't believe it. It's possible. I, I just, I hate it that ever. The, he's it, just the, the, the um, epitome or the definition of culture vulture, where he's, he films a music video, puts Ryan Sheckler in it. You know what I mean? He uses the guy who's already known and iconic and whatever, like will be known to a normie, you know, because they've seen life of Ryan or they've seen a Red Bull commercial. And because he uses kind of the top tier, most recognized person to be in his video with him while he does shitty lays like burial flips with the fucking, I, I don't know, kit on. I don't even know how to describe it. Um, I, I, I detest that wholly. Um, and, and what Jonah Hill does by not for whatever reason he can't just say that i tried to skate i didn't skate i was skate adjacent i made a movie about the people i knew and whatever why he can't just say that and why he's so obsessed with the idea of being seen seriously as somebody who knew how to skate at some level it's just depressing. And the fact that he would lie to terry gross about it and fake a sequence and that tobin would go along with it i just I'm so repulsed by the entire scene. <laughs> You're saying the sequence is faked. Uh, absolutely. Um, I don't give a shit. And if I'm wrong about it later, I don't give a shit too. Um, I'll still, you can come to me at but, this okay. point. Oh, hold on a second. But why, why, why would Jonah Hill need to um, f like forge a connection to skateboarding? What, what does he get out of that? Because, because of Palace, Adidas, because, at the, because of the sort of skateboarding's, intersection with the zeitgeist but they um, they kind of need him more than he needs them he was already Palace literally did i mean yeah exactly and that's that's this thing in skating where we are so fucking desperate for any level of celebrity outside of skating for whatever reason jason dill on the fucking osborne's like kicking it with jack osborne just, <laughs> it's like why why do you oh and wilson why are you hanging out and, with yeah, right? jack yeah. yeah it's amazing yeah. it's like why are you hanging out with Jack Osborne. You're Jason Dill, you fucking <laughs> motherfucker, dude. Like, you, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how to explain it. It's like, why are you looking for these unaccomplished fail sons who have D-level celebrity for you to glom onto when you can fakey shove a trash can? <laughs> I The Jonah Hill thing, I, I like, I don't know. I, I don't see him, like, he could have made a, a movie about... Uh, 
like video, playing video games and it would have been if that was his reality i mean that you know i don't think he like stood to gain anything than telling an aspect of his own biography that he thought was kind of interesting and it's weird that he lied about doing a kickflip but also it's like maybe he did do a kickflip i don't know i landed a kickflip in front of our cast and crew you know uh, it, literally if i saw him do a kickflip right now in the driveway i still would just say jonah hill did not kickflip and that sequence was fake i'm just so dug into this because of he, he's just such a fucking nightmare dude i don't know why he needs to use skating i don't know why he insists and and what we always talk about is that he says he started skating in like 96 95 97 sometime in that period and he says like you know um you know a girl was so cool, like, you know, it was, it was the dopest shit ever, but he always wears Palace and Supreme and he wears like fucking like Yeezy shoes, like those Adidas and shit. And you're like, dude, if you were nostalgic, like if you were so hyped on the skating that you knew, it's like, you'd be out there in fucking Toy Machine Monster shirts. You'd be out there. But have you in- seen the shit that girl makes now? <laughs> I wouldn't be but caught still, dead in I, that. I, yeah, but it's like, but exactly like Supreme was not a force. I I I can't yeah. express it enough. I he sees that it is that skating is now in the top bracket for both edge and recognition, celebrity. I don't. That, I really don't think he needs that. I don't think he like. I I don't think he like needs to. I think I I know what you're saying, and I completely re- relate and under and sympathize with like that thing of wanting to protect it and like fuck people trying to co-opt it but i honestly think that like he might get a little thrill from being in palace but i think like he didn't need to co-opt it and and i don't think he's thinking i don't think he thinks of himself as an outsider i honestly don't yeah i don't know if he thinks of himself as an insider i mean i i mean it just supports my idea that he's delusional yeah. From what I heard, he did kind of grow up skating and hanging around skaters, but he just sucked at it that. and had rich parents and like they bought him a bunch of stuff like at the shop. I also heard he sucks as a human, so fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I I can't speak to any of that, but it's like, I mean, he dissed my move, so fuck him. <laughs> your kick, What's your he, move? He, kick he, he disgraced yeah, the, the kickflip. Kick yeah, he disgraced the kickflip. See, I have, I can't kickflip. Why flip, was so it I a butt no... shot? And why was there not a video? There's only a sequence. Like, when was this? When did this kickflip happen? Would you ever dream of getting on a skateboard now? Uh, yeah, I dream about it every night. I honestly, Terry, when I tell you, I would trade a lot in my life to be able to do certain tricks. Right. Okay, I shouldn't have used the word dream. Would you, in reality, <laughs> ever consider getting uh, on a skateboard now? I landed a kickflip in front of our cast and crew. He said to Terry Gross that he did a kickflip in front of the cast and crew and that the dude from Illegal Civ had the only cell phone video of it. But you're like, dude, on a session today, there would have been 30 cell phones on you because we all film each other and you're Jonah Hill and you suck at skating. You're doing a (laughs) kickflip. Like something's going to happen. So... Yeah, it's it just, just doesn't add up. It's fishy all over the place. Um, Tobin Yellen, how he was complicit in doing this little thing. I just, I don't get it. I don't know, man. Yeah, we got Jonah Hill's kickflip for the first uh, funeral pyre. Um, all right, what, uh, what, are, what are some things that need to go in skateboarding, guys? Ted Barrow, you want to start first? I don't have one yet. I, I, need, I need someone else to go first. Sorry. Good. I have one. Get it. All right, Kristen, you go first. Unless Burn it you, down. Okay. 
I would like to throw um, guys asking me about Instagram models that skateboard and what I think about it. Um, I'm going to say for the record that Skate Moss is a really nice person. No, I am not feeling upset that I did not get asked to do a Grizzly collab. <laughs> and I'm not threatened by her. She's actually really nice. And she does skate. I skated with her. Um, she's super cool. And I think she inspires a lot of other women and girls. And I think there's space for all people. Last thing is Newsflash being sponsored may have something to do with being good at skateboarding, but is not all. It's about marketing. So there's no team. There's no like you don't have to do tryouts. If you're cool and you'll sell shit for a brand, they're going to hook you up. So chill the fuck out about girls getting hooked up. And don't fucking ask me again what I think about girls that are hotter than me that are skating and get more opportunities, potentially because they're beautiful. Who knows? I don't really give a shit. Um, I think it's cool for the record. Throw it in the fucking pyre right now. <laughs> you, you think it's cool that that um, that these women are getting love like from the industry and from like. I'm not threatened by it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I think I yeah. think people think they're being super feminist or whatever, or, like, guys especially, like, asking me, like, oh, like, she's just hot, and, like, all these guys just, like, think she's hot, right? So that's the only reason why she's sponsored fucking bullshit. I'm like, well, actually, like, I know a lot of women and, like, girls that are inspired by a more feminine-looking woman, like, skating, and I've skated with her, and she's super, you know, I've skated with a lot of those girls, too, that are, like, super famous on Instagram or whatever. They're super down-to-earth, super nice, um, and, you know, they skate just as much as I do, like, I don't, who am I to say, like, you're not legit, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think a lot, of, uh, yeah. I think people try to pit, like, a skater like me that's, like, a, a core skater that, you know, like, has a VX, you know, and goes street skating <laughs> and can do tray flips. Like, I'm not threatened by that girl. I yeah. actually think those girls are dope. Wait, wait, I can't jump in on when I figured mine out. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> All right, Ted Barrow, rifle one off. My independent trucks, I'm no longer riding them. Oh no! Yeah, I, sw I, sw I switched to Venture. I've had I had three years of bad, like trucks that were turned or fucked up or like I just could never get to work right, and I just made the switch. And I feel <laughs> to trendy. work right, back on the skateboard transportation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, transportation. Yeah, they they weren't good transportation. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't go up hills with my indies. <laughs> <laughs> Was it that Bobby Warris part? Yes. Oh God! No shit! Wow, marketing works um, like that, huh? Yeah, and Venture's gotten much more aggressive with the marketing recently. Like, didn't they have like a like? There's no other truck like it or some something. Yeah, but that's always been the much easy mo of truck companies. They all use that kind of marketing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so maybe actually just my my dignity and my own sense of taste I'm putting on the funeral pile. Pyre. <laughs> Brian, fuck you. I'm going. Just, you got it. Uh, uh, it. The the fucking thing that. You know, I, I, I think the sort of glory and the beauty of the funeral pyre is that, you know, the idea is that you're sending it off, you know, full bidding, bidding it adieu, you know, and, um, and, and things that you maybe once respected or, or took part in. Um, and one of them is clearing the frame of BGPs. I, I'm fucking done. <laughs> such a good one. Over. Oh my God. That's such a good over, one. Over that. Like the, the there's this idea that like you want to promote the idea that you're skating alone in isolation. Yeah. yeah like gnarly spot yeah. in isolation. Never made like, any no sense filmer. ever. Yeah. And that like your That's friends in the background, like also adding to the dynamics of the clip. Like, so what if they're like trying to get a little attention? So what if they're skating in the background or like, like on their phone? That's yeah. just part of skating. Yeah. Who gives a fuck? The idea is that the skate clip is not 
actual street skating. Like if, if you were, if, if I go out the, the front right now and I skate down the street, I don't do line skating. You know, it's just a lot of sort of monotonous pushing. And then, and then of course I fly up the hill and then <laughs> <laughs> my remote dies every With now and bug. then. And, um, well, strictly but, speaking, you can't do lines on those, on your yeah. boost boards. Yeah. <laughs> but no, um, but but what we're bringing back with these clips are sort of a representation of of street skating. They're they're sort of a, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, that's literally what they are. They're they're a representation. They're not the actual street skating. They're they're the top of our talent ability uh, a lot of times with regards to tricks. But they're not how we do interacting with the street environment. Typically, they're sort of like they're the gnarly town of it, and <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, and so the idea of, yeah, isolating the skater outside of camera bags and, 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 um, and friends, like the bags are one thing, but the friends are the other. It's like, like the, the, the best thing about a Baker video is that when you land a trick, 60 people mob you. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the, the, what, uh, Kosa Korosak said. Or the chorus next dude said was like the best thing about watching that gang corp video was seeing twenty kids that are part of that session in Midtown after a trick is landed and understanding that like that type of skateboarding is sort of like so rad and rare. Yes, yes. So, um, so that's it. I'm I'm done. I'm gonna if I ever film a trick again, <laughs> you're all in it. <laughs> Sick. I'll fly out. Yay. Yeah. Yeah, I just remember being a kid and like getting scolded for like being in the background or like if someone lands it and going like, yeah, like why skateboarding is so fucking cool. Stop being so cool. It's so annoying. But it's not even like and like cringy. No, it's It's just confused. It's not even cool. It's like it's like the car commercialification of skate videos. You know where everything is meant to look clean and really uh, like wide and sweeping. Kind of you know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's just Shoot. dumb. <laughs> it's frustrating. What do you got, Punch? All right. Uh, after spending a weekend at Phoenix Am with you, I'm going to have to say Big Spin front board, man. Those are going to go. You know, Eric Ryan, Ellington. I haven't learned it yet. <laughs> Eric, it did, don't. You know? Yeah. Save your time. <laughs> it's not fair. Eric Ellington right, cool. graced us trick. with nice. Eric Ellington graced us with the Big Spin front board, and you know if you can't take care of nice things, you don't deserve to have them. <laughs> so uh, we probably literally watched I don't know 150 Big Spin Dude. front boards. Like somehow we just saw legitimately 25 Big Spin front boards in that last section. Such a shame too. And you know what? We might even have to throw back 270 lip in there too, yeah. which is oh yeah, it's really okay. heartbreaking because growing up, Big Spin front board. Uh, a la Ellington and then Ellington. Uh, Big Spin from Ellington. <laughs> Big Spin from board a la Ellington and then back to 70 lip from Greco were like the most tasteful handrail tricks to me. And now, oh my God, they've just been beaten to a bloody pulp. Yeah. Like somehow. They were so buttoned. Yeah. Like, completely co opted by contest what skaters. What with the hard flip? What happens with the three flip? It's just like, did you button that shit up? And it's like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. You're definitely right. Yeah, I mean, hard flips kind of, I don't know if they ever really, for me, were uh, outside of the ones that Carol did were ever really yeah. the trick that <clears throat> I admired. But, man, I used to love back 270 lips so much and, and Big Spin frontboard fakey and just cannot, yeah. I can't hand, hang just with them anymore. 50 kids that look I, like Don Vanderlinden. Boy, Vanderland skateboarding is crazy. 
<laughs> I haven't like heard the the term tasteful handrail tricks ever. It sounds like an oxymoron. <laughs> like, <laughs> are there, are there no. tasteful tricks done on a handrail? Like, like yes, Heath like lip what? slide. Yeah, come Back on, Heath blunt. lip slide. Yeah. Jamie Thomas. From I know, but Feeble. just like. Oh yeah, the way. Jamie yeah, remember did Jamie the Thomas from yeah. Feeble on Bricktown? You're telling me that's not a tasteful handrail trick, yeah, buddy? Yeah, that was great. I think I think the moment a trick starts to get played out is when people do it on handrails. I'm not saying like people haven't done tasteful tricks on handrails, but I'm saying like, I I remembered a thing. Has everyone here done a handrail? Like, <laughs> raise your hand. I've done one. <laughs> nice. Okay. So like, you know that like. Landing a trick on a handrail is actually pretty fucking easy. Like, it's like the mental hurdle, and like you're on the thing for a second and you're off. All you have to do is turn. And like, it, the, I remember, like, I think feeble, I do feebles on ledges. I know they're kind of played out, but like, they're easier on handrails than ledges. That's why I like still doing them on ledges. You Definitely know? Definitely true. Yeah. And That's, like, it, yeah. I don't know. I don't believe that there are, ta- I know that, yeah, like, I wouldn't throw Jamie Thomas in any conversation about good taste but taste. like <laughs> yeah like he he has a beautiful form on anything and he and he's done amazing things on handrail so but like not, not even 98 jamie fuck no come on he's well, a robot does he still believe in god yeah 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 for sure what about yeah, this is killing me this conversation like what about <laughs> We're of a different r- rally era sorry like oh, rally our, our oh, my God. front board on el toro like you can't do a t- i mean you can do tasteful front boards on legends john alley and dying to live holy shit but you're telling think, me i don't that, think like, that locking in is tasteful no no no. i don't think the way that sort of pinch game is but dude jamie thomas he holds it over on the toe when he's going down bricktown it looks so good I don't, I, I've just, uh, maybe handrails have gotten played out and because every example you guys, everything has gotten played out though. Yeah. Everything. But every, everything that you mentioned was like, sorry. in like 1998 and like, like Ellington and Greco in the last like millennium. And I'm just saying like, I don't, you know, any handrail trick is kind of boring to me now. It's, it's tasteless. It's so rote because kids grow up with handrails at their skate park and they can do everything there before yeah. they hit a handrail. But it's, what isn't like that? Yeah. I mean, everything is like that. Yeah, like, you could argue skating. that like skateboarding plaza skating plaza skating's having a big resurgence. <laughs> and Yeah, skateboarding is just played out and uh, it's yeah. all been kind of gamed, you know? I, I could I would say there is such a thing as tasteful boost boarding up a hill. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> tastefully yeah, deciding tasteful to take one wheel to my take, way out of here. T- tastefully deciding to take your Audi uh, to work <laughs> instead of your boost board, <laughs> yeah. to, to your girlfriend's place in the Richmond when you live in you know Knob Hill. How how did you feel when because Christian was saying this dying to live had just years of buildup. It was like. Dude, I thought when it came out, they were fucking kidding. Like, <laughs> it, it just yeah. took so long. John Alley starts it off. And when all those kickflips started happening and like just, it's not just that it was clean. It was so powerful. Like he was breaking the ground when he'd hit it. And I was just like blown away. So hyped. Loved every second of it. Did you not feel that that was like a cool way to skate handrails when he did it? When he did like the kick front tail at USC or anything? Are you asking me? Yes, I'm asking you. When you Wh- saw what year did Dying, Dying to, Live? to Live come out? I'm just 2001. Sorry. I was 25. I didn't fucking care about yeah, it. Yeah, I loved the videos that came out when I was 25. <laughs> make make friends with the color blue. <laughs> <laughs> I just like I I couldn't care. I, I mean I've you know I I've. I have a scar right here on my rib from slamming myself in my own car door, rushing because the one friend I had 
that I knew in Austin that had goldfish, I saw him at, at a parking lot and I like pulled over and slant nearly like shut the car door on myself before getting out. Like I felt that way about goldfish and like the stereo video, but I, oh, geez. dying to live was just like jock shit for me. Like I, yeah. Dude, that is such a bummer. I was a little bit more sophisticated. I was more of a, yeah, right. Type of gal. Oh, nice. oh yeah. Around Rick that McCrank. era. Rick McCrank is a dope handrail skater. Dude, uh, La Tigra. Dope. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh God. He that is Nolly respo- Hill. Dope. Dude, those videos are responsible for me liking some shit music for a while. Rick um, McCrank, a human, dope ass human. Yeah, there's dope a definite human. age gap, and and not having Kyle here is a huge deficit because I feel like Ted was in a totally different stage yeah. in his life. And yeah, yeah. I Although was, visual sound has that awesome Mike Gare part. Hanging out with so. Tigra. No, uh. <laughs> um, you're talking about visual sound or Tin Can or both. I, visual sound, I was very excited about it. 1994, yeah. like I, that was like high school, you know? That was yeah. when I was my most thrilled about skate videos. Hmm. Um, All right, well, yeah. thank you to everyone for joining us, and uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks. Bye. Bye. Bye.